Oh my goodness. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for that unbelievable introduction of Dr. Dre. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, guys, I, I, can I just tell you that I'm absolutely blown away by this campus here? I am so blown away by this campus. I've been the other ones. I'm just like so amazed what God is doing here. I, I want you guys to know that um, when your pastor preaches at our church, it's one of those times you always want to retire when he's done speaking. You're like, you're like I fought the good fight. I finished the course, and now I'm done. The man has, 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 has put more pastors in retirement. He's such a good preacher, you know. And, uh, and uh, it's like, where do you go from when your pastor speaks? And uh, he is by far, by far our favorite. We've had speakers for 19 years on Thursday night in our church at the Dream Center. And 19 years, and there's nobody we love more. There's no doubt. But here's why. You, you, you come here. And they say, you know, San Diego, Orange County, it's kind of laid back. I have never been to a more fired-up church, not just in this area, but in America. I mean, you guys, there's nothing laid back about this place, man. I mean, you're all about Jesus and Red Bull here. It's just incredible, you know. i just so blessed. And uh, you're going to have a lot of great, great dynamic. And I, you should just let the Benny Perez clip just keep rolling, you know. But, yeah, but, you'll, but you'll never find one who's... who's uh, your biggest fan, I believe that, than I am. I, I just appreciate you. I think I'd catch a grenade for you. And as Bruno Mar, I mean, I just, whatever. But hopefully, would you do the same for me? But, I mean, just seriously, uh, so honored tonight to uh, be with the, my heroes. And uh, I, I tell you, this campus is just blowing. You just want to look at the, uh, all around this place, you know, the screens and everything. And just uh, uh, thank you for allowing me and the worship team to be here tonight. I know I'm going to say that a million times. It kind of gets old guys saying thank you over and over, but. I need that for me, all right? So tired? No, I'm not tired. I just, I think, I think uh, when you're on jet lag, it's more fun anyways. You never know what a brother's going to say, you know. And uh, it makes the train wreck that much more enjoyable, you know. But, uh, but tonight we're going to have a great night. And I really believe God's going to speak to us. And, and this is going to be the shortest commercial. Are you ready for a 10-second commercial? I'll be signing books after service. I have my brand-new book, God's Dream for You. It came out last uh, two weeks Brand new book, God's Dream for You, two weeks old. And then my wife's brand new book, Willing to Walk on Water, that has been endorsed by the Today Show, has just picked it up as one of their books on the Today Show with Kathy Lee. And so my, yeah, my wife goes places I can never dare to dream. Amen. But uh, God's going to do some good things. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. I'm not going to preach long. And everybody who believes a preacher when he says that, say amen. It's like no faith in this building, but we got to prove it first, don't we? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. I'm gonna, the title of my message tonight is, We Get to Serve. We Get to Serve. I'm going to preach against maybe a mindset of religion and, and preaching into a different philosophy of what it means to serve God. And I'm going to talk to you through some experiences that I had to go through in my life after 18 years of pastoring. I've been pastoring, for those of you who have never been to this campus, but for 19 years I've been pastoring a place called the Dream Center where we have uh, the church auditorium, then we have a building that takes some people that um, are going through addiction, recovery, homelessness, families, trafficking victims, uh, the whole thing. It was a dream that I never knew that I was supposed to be doing. I came to L.A. and my dream died. And because of my dream that died, God gave me a new dream. And it was nothing like the dream that I thought I had when I came to L.A. 
I didn't realize God wanted me to take in people that had lifelong drug addictions. I didn't realize God wanted me to take in people that were homeless families. That wasn't in the playbook of my original plan. But uh, the broken plans submitted to God are often greater than the plans that we think that we have along the way. So don't be afraid if the dream doesn't go according to plan because it just might go according to God's heart. So, and, I, and, and I've been on that trail. So I've been pastoring the same neighborhood for 19 years since I was 20 and uh, started next to a liquor store and uh, moved to another place, buy a liquor store. There's the there's a campus at the Dream Center Hospital where people are being taken in who have, uh, we're getting their lives back together, and then the church across the street. But it's a journey that we never thought would be on. But I'm going to talk to you about an experience. I've told many of the testimony before. I'm going to do a different, I'm going to talk a little bit about a trauma that I went through in my life. Nothing overly major, but something, a philosophy change that God did in my life that changed my life in a dramatic way. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, lay us, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, underline that, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, bless this word as we speak on, we get to serve. I pray, Lord, you would do something so extraordinary. I believe this is a fundamental message, Lord, that's really based upon the heartbeat of this church, God, where you're getting ready to take this great church. And I pray, Lord, that you would just use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever had a week that changed your life where God was speaking something so often, so repetitively, that you knew he was trying to do something in your life? Well, that's, not, that's what happened to me several, uh, about a couple years ago, actually, actually a year ago, when I was in the middle of a church service, and all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel what was going on, and something was bothering me because I feel stuff all the time. I'm like one of those guys that can get in the moment as soon as possible, and I've never had fatigue or anything like that because I was raised under Pastor Tommy Barnett that says you must fight through fatigue, you know, and uh, when all else fails, drink a double shot, and so you can get through tiredness, you know. Tired is just a state of mind, but there was something going on in my spirit that was just different. I couldn't feel the way that I used to feel, and I know that it's not always about feeling. It's about faith, but there was something beyond that that was going on in my spirit. It was on a Thursday night service. I'll never forget. As I was up there on Thursday night, I had a testimony from one of the guys in our men's recovery program that stood up to give a testimony about how his life has changed. And he stood up. It was a great story. He was living homeless on the streets of Skid Row. And the bus came by, picked him up, and his family was living homeless as well. And he told a story about how he was getting ready to lose his children to foster care. And right before he lost his children, the bus came by, picked him up, took him into our recovery program. And now he's graduated the program, and his family is being brought back together again. And he was from a different country. He was so overwhelmed by the testimony on stage that he fell to the ground on his knees, and he looked up at me, and he said, Pastor, I want to thank you for changing my life. But the moment he did that, God did something so extraordinary. The moment this man hit his knees, God told me, I want you to hit your knees within a second of when he hit his knees. And I want you to look him up in the eye and tell him of the joy it is to get to serve him. God said, you get to serve that man. I said, thank you, Lord. I thought it was a good revelation, and it was over, and I thought that day was over. And so I got up the next morning. I was going to the office, and, and I was ready to go. And I get a phone call from a little elementary school across the street that the church had adopted. 
Rosemont Elementary, we put about $50,000 over this time into the school and volunteers and work. And one day when crime dropped 73% in our neighborhood, God spoke to me. He said, I want this school to prosper. Everything ought to prosper because the church is in the community. Everything ought to be better. The welfare rolls ought to be lifted. People ought to be transformed. Schools ought to be better. And God said, this is an area that hasn't been transformed. I want you to adopt this school. So the next day I got up, and, uh, and, and so I went to the office, and the school said, Pastor, we want you to come by. The little children have written a song that they want to dedicate to the Dream Center to say thank you for serving the families. Thank you for feeding all the moms in the entire school every week the bags of food that we show up in our little mobile food trucks that show up outside the school. So when the moms pick up their kids, they're getting all served food for the entire week. And, and adopting that school and reopening the library and helping the kids being able to move forward with their life. And, 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 I, and they, when they called me, I said to myself, I'm good. Don't worry about it. It's an honor to be able to do it. I don't need to go down there. Thank you for the kids for writing the song. But they insisted, Pastor, please, the kids have written a song. It's, it's Nacho Libre said, it's for the children. It's for the children, you know. And, and so I put on my stretchy pants. I said, let's go, you know. And uh, I was walking down the street. And as I was walking, that's a great movie. And it was, get that corn out of my face. By the way, you had to see the movie to get that one, you know. It's just, it's one of the, it's like the fifth gospel, Nacho Libra, you know. And uh, I was walking down, and, and, I, and as I was walking down the street, this homeless guy that was pushing a car, he just got a meal at the Dream Center. And he had a big old gap in his tooth that was so big you could fit a 747 through his mouth, you know. And he's just smiling, you know, with no teeth. And he was like, hey, thank you, Reverend, for the food. I appreciate it. And, uh, and I said, amen, brother. I'm walking to the elementary school. I give him a high five. And right when I made contact, God said, you get to serve that man. And then I went to the elementary school, and I walked in, and I didn't know what was going on. They were supposed to sing one song. They ended up doing a whole concert, all the kids, you know. They were singing thank you and country and thank you and all our hip-hop, you know. And they were doing Christmas songs like four months before Christmas and uh, all this stuff, you know. And, and then finally they said, the kids have written a song to say thank you for serving them in the community. They wrote the lyrics. They wrote the melody. And the little children of one of the poorest schools in Los Angeles, Rosemont Elementary, wrote a song. That literally changed my life. This is the word of the songs that was written by the little children. And when I heard those words, all I needed was a chance and opportunity. I walked out of there and God said, you get to serve these kids. I walked back to the Dream Center. I was 15 minutes late to a pastor's meeting. And all this stuff was happening. And one day I had to get up to the office. And right before I got to the door, this lady came up to me and said, Pastor, we got a brand new business we started. We're selling tamales because you told us at church that everybody ought to have a dream. And we bought some tamale carts, but we put all of our money into our tamale business on the cart that we don't have any more beds for our children. Do you have any beds? And I called our team, and they brought beds. And I was about half an hour late to my church business meeting with the pastors, and I'm never late. I mean, I'm always early. Like, I would be early to the rapture if you could get in, you know. If there is a fast pass, I would try to get it at least, you know. And, uh, and I was late, and God said, you get to provide a bed. And all of a sudden, God began to do something in my life. And one day, he took me from a mindset that I had been living in, and I was in months in living in this concept of, I have to serve. And God was changing from a have-to Christian to a get-to Christian. And suddenly, I began to realize 
that if I wanted to go all the way for God, and if any of us, because we're all different, we all serve in different ways, we all have different neighborhoods, whether it's rich or poor and middle class, it's not the issue. The issue is the mindset of every single one of us in our own unique way, in our own unique community, because everyone needs God, and everyone is lost, and everyone needs to serve in their own specific way. But God took me from a have-to Christian to a get-to. And suddenly I realized that for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. And I said, God, am I serving you out of the joy that is set before me? And God began to show me. He said, I want you to do everything in your life with the get-to mentality. I want you to do everything with a mindset to serve wherever you go. And for the next week, I'm not kidding you, a thousand times, probably a week, God began to speak to me. You get to serve. I look at my appointment. How many of you have ever done that? You look at your appointment calendar, and you see things like four days down the week you don't want to do. God began to show me four days down the road and say, you get to deal with that problem. You get to deal with that dysfunctional person, you know, and, uh, and they get to deal with you, you know. And you get to deal with that. And all of it, I begin to look at my calendar, and I begin to see everything instead of a have to and, and to a get to. And I said, Jesus, we get to do anything that we, that we are called to do, we get to do because Jesus did it. We get to heal the sick because Jesus did. We get to encourage because Jesus did. And God began to do weird things in my life. I began to go to jack-in-the-box drive throughs which I shouldn't be confessing with this good-looking crowd out here, but uh, I'd go to the jack-in-the-box drive through and God would say, I want you to pay for the person behind you. I'm like, well, why should I pay for that person behind you? I don't even know them. God said, because you get to. Suddenly, everything became a get-to. I went through the methodical mindset of showing up and just doing the thing, and I couldn't feel anything because I was realizing that God wanted to take me somewhere brand new. If you live your life with have to, there will come a time in your life where you won't want to. But if you live your life with a get-to mentality, we get to show up for eight nights on, on Sunday night. We get to sit in that seat and be a blessing. We get to give when the offering comes by. We get to serve. We get to sow. We get to do everything for the kingdom of God. 45 minutes before this service, I had to deal with an issue. And I said, Lord, thank you that I get to deal with this issue. Now, I'm not saying that I'm always perfect and it's always rainbows and butterflies. But no, anyway, no, I'm not always saying it's always, but I'm saying God began to put a mindset in my life. The other day I was tired and I was flying and all of a sudden the bell went off when we got to the gate at the airport. And, God, and all of a sudden the bell went off. God said, I want you to get up and I want you to get everyone's luggage down that you possibly can the next few minutes. And I'm, I'm like getting Louis Vuittons and putting them over here. I'm getting like little duffel bags. Putting them. People are looking at me like, dude, don't touch my stuff. But I needed to, you know, because I get to, you know. And, and I was in Buffalo and I was speaking at a church and then, and then I had to fly back to L.A. And I, was, I had to stop in Atlanta. When I stopped in Atlanta, I was there, and I, went, I was at the airport, and uh, <laughs> I'll never forget when I was at the Atlanta airport. I, I go to the same spot every single time. I shouldn't be confessing all this, but I went to my Dunkin' Donuts. I always go to Dunkin' Donuts and the Atlanta airport. I can even tell you the terminal, and I'm standing in line. There's a lady behind me, and she was a classy lady. She, had, she was probably in her 50s, but she was just dressed perfect, and she had the perfect hair and the earrings, and she was standing behind me, and she's talking to her husband. She said, you know what? She said, I would love one day to have one of those sour cream donuts. And she was just looking at it. She said, it's such a, a beautiful donut. She said, I want it so bad. She said, but I promised myself I wouldn't have donuts for a long time. And she was debating and going back and forth about buying the donut. Then I realized what she was doing. She was doing what my wife does. My wife believes that if you agonize over the calories, they don't count. If you feel bad about them, they don't count. 
And if somebody takes a donut and it passes through them to you, then somehow the transgression has passed through their hands into yours, and it doesn't count against them. It's a Wikipedia fact. That's exactly right, Pastor. So I knew what was going on, so you know, I, I decided, you know what, I turned around, I said, you want that donut? She said, yeah, but I really shouldn't, you know, and, uh, and I shouldn't eat it. And I said, you know where you're standing right now? And I drew a big old circle with my hands. I said, you are standing in the no judgment zone. You go ahead and get that donut. She said, well, I really shouldn't. Then I realized I had to do it by faith. I bought that donut. I gave it to her, and the sin passed through my hand. She was no longer guilty, you know, and I gave it to her. And when I gave it to her, she said, oh, thank you so much. She took that donut. She looked around, and she went. Then her eyes got bigger. And then all of a sudden, she ate that thing quicker than Cookie Monster. She's like, oh, like, you know, and. And then I said, where are your accusers? She said, what? I don't have any. I said, neither do I condemn you. Go and eat donuts forevermore. You know, let's go 12-pack right now. I was so discouraged. I was so depressed. I was getting all tired. It's all about me. I'm just trying to serve God. Nobody appreciates me. I've been serving for 19 years, and I do my best. I got to deal with the. I had a pity party that I was the only one that showed up. And the, the way that you get out of a pity party is you find somebody, rich, poor, 50-year-old, high-class lady there, or somebody in the hood, or who needs something, you just find somebody to serve. Why? It's a mindset that says we get to serve. We don't have to. We get to because of what Jesus did for us. Oh, I tell you, there's a way to live life in your job. There's a way to show up to work every single day. When you go to work tomorrow, you ought to say, God, thank you so much. I get to have this job. I get to make a difference. I get to be a part of this church. And God changes this from a have to. And I told everyone in the church, I said, every single one of you ought to use whatever skill you have to serve other people for the glory of God. I want you to be addicted to serving. I want you to addict yourself to making a difference in the lives of people. Just find a way to do it. And a lady came up. She said, Pastor, she said, I have a special gifting that I want to do something for the kids. I said, what do you want to do? She said, I want to do a drive-in movie theater for all the kids on our buses that we pick up to church. And she said, and I have a special gift. I can make cars out of cardboard. That's my gift. And I said, really? She said, yeah. And so she helped design, and she did a drive-in theater with all the little children, and she made cars out of cardboard. And over 900 children showed up to watch a drive-in movie, all because of a lady with cardboard used her skill to be able to serve for Almighty God. We get to serve. One day a lady came in my office and she said, Pastor, she said, I want to talk to you about something. I said, what's wrong? She said, I'm having a nervous breakdown. I said, really? She said, yes, it's very serious, Pastor. I'm having a nervous breakdown. I said, well, what can I do to help you? She said, well, I've tried everything. She said, I watch Dr. Phil every single day and he hasn't been able to help me. She said, I watch Oprah and she hasn't been able to help me. I'm like, man, if they can't help you, what in the world can I do, you know, and she said, Pastor, I'm an educated woman, and, I, and I've tried everything, and nothing's worked. I said, I got an idea. And I wrote on a piece of paper some ideas, and I said, day one, get up and bake cookies to people in the recovery program because they all need it because they got the munchies, you know. And day two, I want you to get up. <laughs> get that behind me, Satan. And get day two. And day two, I want you to get up. I want you to bake cookies and bring them to people in the, bus, in the buses in the streets. Day three, I want you. So I gave her a baking cookie thing for seven days that she ought to go out and bake cookies and bless people. She looked at that list. She got offended. She said, Pastor, I'm offended. I'm an educated woman, and you're asking me to do this? 
She said, bake cookies. She said, I'm offended. I said, no, I know, but that's all you really got left. Give it a try. Come back next week. That's all I got, too. I'm not that smart, you know. And, uh, and she came back, and the next week she didn't show up. Two weeks later, she didn't show up. Three weeks later, she didn't show up. And when I saw her at church one day, I said, you're supposed, to come to my, uh, you're supposed to come to my office. We're supposed to talk about your nervous breakdown. You've missed three straight appointments. What's going on? She said, oh, pastor, please forgive me. I got so busy baking cookies and blessing people that I forgot to have my nervous breakdown. She served her way into healing. She served her way into blessing. She went from a have to to the get to. And there's people here today that I believe there's a get to serve anointing that's coming on your life. There's a get to serve anointing where suddenly God is going to transmit through this message and through what God put in my heart. And he's going to take you from the have to to the get to. Where you serve God out of an audience of one. If people don't appreciate what you do as a wife or a husband, it doesn't matter. You're living your life in a vertical relationship with Jesus Christ. And everything that you do, you get to do because Jesus already did it for you. We get to serve. It's a mindset. The joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Why did he endure the cross? For the joy that was set before him. How are you going to endure your pain? Because the joy that is set before you. God's taking people from the have to to the get to. You get to go to college. You get to apply that degree because you're going to change the world. And so when you go in that classroom, instead of listening to that boring instructor and say, why do I have to show up? Say, God, I get to because one day I'm going to use this education to make a difference in the world. I get to serve. I get to show up day after day and do the monotony and the, the, the ordinary, this thing that seems so common, but I get to show up because God is building a greater foundation in my life. We get to serve. I didn't realize when I started pastoring that God would, would, would ask me to do this type of church. I mean, we have an outreach church. This morning in the altar call, when I was giving it, there's just a dude from the buses. He was just roaming the altar, just looking around. You know, just kind of roaming the front. I'm like, great job, security. Just kind of just, you know, kicking it, you know, just... What's up, Pastor? Hey, just roam in the front. I mean, I never realized I would pastor a church like this. I mean, this is, I mean, you know you got an outreach church when someone puts a gold tooth in the offering. Then you know you got an outreach church. <laughs> I mean, you know you got an outreach church when somebody is selling knockoff T-shirts of your church outside across the street, you know. I mean, you know you got an outreach church when maybe your keyboardist gets saved. And you ask him to, not you, John, but you ask him to do a song for the altar call. And, and he's, you know, I need you to do a worship song for the altar call during the invitation. And this is the only song that he knows for the worship altar call song right here. <laughs> just vibe with me. Just for a sec. Just bounce with me. Just for a sec. Just bounce with me. You know you got an outreach church when this is the only song your keyboardist knows. You know, you know, you got an outreach church. All right, fade me out, fade me out, fade me out. I mean, you know you got it. I have learned that the only way to make it in the work of God, the only way to stay in there long enough, some days you're hanging in there. Some days you're going forward. But just the moment, and you'll, you can still endure hard times. And, and there's times you have to persevere, but you're not going to enjoy the journey as much. Is if you decide one day that everything you get to do, you get to do because God allowed you to live. He allows us and blesses us to live in inconvenience. I get to be inconvenience. 
I get to deal with situations. I'm telling you, it's a revelation. The Apostle Paul, why would he give us a laundry list of all the things he's been through? You know, I've endured hardships. I've been shipwrecked. I've been punched in the face, you know. And, uh, I mean, beer thrown in his face. I know I'm, I'm breaking it down to a different version, you know. But Paul went through everything you could go through in one chapter, and he still counted it all joy. You know the people in the Bible that suffered the most talked as if it was the greatest blessing? And we live, sometimes you know, people say, well, Pastor, uh, how's the fight going down there in the inner city for the hearts and minds? And I'm not a martyr. I'm blessed to be able to do what I get to do. It's an honor to be able to serve. I'm not there saying, oh, man, nobody else in the world cares. I know I get to do what I get to do because people care from all over America. My job is not harder than anybody else serving any other neighborhood. God has just allowed me the privilege of getting to serve. We get to serve. We live in a generation that's tired all the time. How many of you have ever met people that when you ask them how they're doing, they always say tired? Hey, man, how you doing? Tired. Hey, how you doing? Tired. And they're always tired, and they always get enough sleep. And uh, they're always just tired, tired, tired. And uh, can I tell you how to, and we, I mean, we live in a culture that's like got double espressos, triple shots, quadruple shots. We've got five-hour energy drink. Do we have one? Oh, thank you. Five-hour energy drink. People are crazy with this stuff. One, one guy's like, hey, man, Pastor, he goes, I drink five five-hour energy drinks a day. I said, why? He goes, well, because that equals 25 hours, and that means that I have one extra hour to spare to volunteer at the Dream Center. I'm like, good enough for me, amen. You know, and, uh, I mean, people drink this stuff, and they get crazy with it, you know, and they're drinking it. I know some people, they drink it, and they, they spill a drop, they get mad. They're like, oh, man, now I only have four hours and 45 minutes left, you know. It's like they time the drops in this drink. But do you know how to have energy all the time is spend your life serving? Whatever you want in life, give it away. If you need joy, just be the biggest joy giver that the world's ever known. If you want peace, be the biggest peacemaker the world's ever seen. Whatever you want in life, just give it away. It's going to come back to you. That's how you have joy. That's how you got energy. We get to serve. Instead of David, he served his generation by the will of God. Everything in the kingdom of God is that we get to. When you live your life for an audience of one, and you go beyond times where you feel like you need to be appreciated more, and you're not, and everyone will go through it, the moment you lived your life, my dad always says, anything you get from man is a bonus, but do everything under the Lord. And everything you get from man is a bonus. Hey, that's why your pastors left it all, and they came all the way from a different country and came to San Diego and have laid down their life, and they have done everything they can to buy new buildings, and they didn't inherit anything. They just started from scratch and built something great here for the glory of God. It's been one of the great stories in America. They didn't have a Tommy Barnett like, like I did, a father, that you could just kind of naturally walk into someone else to help you in that area. They came into a city all by themselves, 14 and a half hours of flying, and they landed here and said, God, we get to serve the United States of America. And now they talk like Americans somewhat, you know. And They've adopted this country. They love America. America loves them. Amen. Why? Because you've got a bunch of pastors who came with the mentality of we get to serve. And I know there's times in my life where I get tired and there's times i got to fight it. But that week showed me something that was so powerful that God said everything is a privilege in the kingdom of God. And the mindset changed from a have-to Christian to a get-to Christian. I close with this. And I'll be five minutes or ten minutes early. Unbelievable. The, the last days have come when preachers are early on their time. I believe it. 
but I get to serve. Amen. But uh, I'll never forget, uh, last, a couple weeks ago, we had an event called Serve 24. And what it was, was every single person in the church, we did a 24-hour outreach in our city. So we started in Skid Row, and we did hot dogs and hundreds of hot dogs, and, uh, and then we went over to Long Beach and then did some outreach in Long Beach, and then we went over to Venice Beach at like 12 and 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, all of us had the glory cloud at Venice Beach. It was crazy, you know, and uh, from 2 to 4, we went here and there and 24 hours a day, and, and I didn't know how much it would impact me, to be honest. I was just was something God put in my heart to do on our 19th year anniversary of pastoring, and I, I didn't know the kind of reaction we would get. But we had hundreds of people that showed up, and they did 24 straight hours of ministry. They went all over the city, and one, one of the crews told us in the middle of the night they were going down to minister to the different prostitutes, one of the ladies that, that run our human trafficking ministry where we bring the girls in that are victims of trafficking. And actually, we're now the, our, our number one strategic partner in working with us in trafficking is from this church right here. This church has been our number one partner in America and, and trafficking. Many of you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but literally this church in partnership with us are seeing miracles happen in connection with, with what you guys are doing. And uh, so we went down, and, you know, we have a place we can rescue the girls. And they asked me to go on the track that the girls go on. So I, I went down like 4 o'clock in the morning, and they were, I said, man, that's kind of late. They said, no, that's when the action starts. 4 a.m. and 6 o'clock in the morning, these guys get off their, uh, their business job before they go to work. They'll pick up the girls before they go to work. And I went down there in the middle of the night. I didn't know what to expect. They were, they were driving the cars around. These girls were everywhere. There were girls under 18 that were walking down the street and, and prostitution all over the place. And the car would pull up. And I didn't know how this was going to happen. I didn't realize the effect that they were having on these girls' lives. And they were pulling up and rolling down the window and said, Hi, um, do, do you want a free gift? That's all they were saying. Do you want a free gift? And the girls came up to the window, and they would give them a rose and, and flowers, and they would give them little lip gloss. They had the rescue number of how they can get their life back together if they chose to make that decision. And the girls came to the window, and they were saying, you mean this is for me? You got a gift for me? And they were crying. They were breaking down. I thought they were going to run away or get mad that she would even approach their world. And the girls were just crying. They were saying, oh, thank you so much. And one girl like said, I just got beaten by that man. Look at my face. Is my face bruised? And, and, uh, and she was just crying. And the girls were showing up at the window. And I, it was like revival at each encounter. As these girls were coming to the window so moved that somebody would show up in their life. And one by one, these young girls and, and uh, the pimps pulling up alongside of us and watching what we were doing, just moving through the middle of the night, I saw the most unbelievable bravery in these women as they were reaching um, down there in the streets. And then I went to the other locations and then other places and then playing um, uh, Frisbee at the guy in Venice Beach at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, that I didn't even know. We were just talking about the Lord. And after 24 hours, the last hour, there was a man that was getting ready to lose his children to foster care. And we, we cho chose to the work of social services to save him a couple hours before he was going to lose his children. We walked in there, and the social services said, if you can provide a bunk bed, you can save this family. If you can um, do some things in the house, you can save this family. And the father worked seven days a week. He was a faithful father, but his, his, the, the, the mother was gone, and the kids were laying on the ground. And I saw Joel, our worship leader. Um, he, is, he is a Louisiana redneck. He's unbelievable. He was able to build a bunk bed in like 14 minutes, you know. And he was put, it's like the racing against the clock to losing the family, you know. And I'm watching him do all this work, and I'm seeing all these people show up in their lives. I'm, I'm watching all this. I'm watching the dad just stand there, just so blown away. He was speechless. He watched the whole process, never moved. And like, what in the world are these people doing? And he was so overjoyed. 
And I got to the end of 24 hours, and I thought I was going to be weary and tired. And I felt like going another round. I'm like, who wants to go with me? 24 more. I didn't get one volunteer, but it was worth a shot, you know. Everyone's like, you're crazy, man. Let's, we get to serve too far, you know. And uh, it was one of the greatest days of my life, and I begin to realize that everything in the kingdom of God is a get to. I don't care if it's in downtown or if it's in Skid Row or if it's in corporate offices or if it's in a wealthy area. God is simply wants the church of Jesus Christ to be an engine of change, to throw ourselves into people's world and say, God, we get to make a difference. Jesus didn't apologize for going into people's world. He forced himself into people's world to be a blessing. Just remain standing as the worship team comes all over this building. Just remain standing. You know, in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 6 is one of the most powerful messages where the Bible says Jesus, before he died on the cross, the Bible says in Matthew 26, 6, that he entered the home of a man by the name of Simon the leper. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense when people read that. It's one of those verses you read over really quickly. But the reality is Jesus is in the most incredible era of his life and agonizing before the cross in the garden and all that he's getting ready to go through. But yet in Matthew 26, 6, the Bible says in a very just one verse tucked away that nobody can really find, Jesus entered the home of a man by the name of Simon the leper. One chapter away from the cross, Jesus is having dinner with a man who nobody else wanted to be around. Why? Because Jesus understood that to live your life serving others and making a difference and using what God gives you is the greatest life. We get to. He understood that the more you empty yourself, the more filled you're going to be. And all over this room, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, you're here today. And you'll say, Pastor, I have tried to serve myself, but it's brought me no joy. I have tried living to myself, and all it's produced is more emptiness. I've tried to serve my flesh, and all it's left me is more discontentment. I've done everything to try to make my flesh happy. I've in relationships and various things, and I've done everything to seek after what could possibly bring me joy. Pastor, I just haven't found it. But could it be that God has a greater dream that he wants to unlock in you? The Bible says that where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, which means that where there's no dream, there is no self-control. Why even have why even live life unless there's no dream? There's no reason to have self-control if there is no dream. But you see, God today is not just going to cleanse you and forgive you and save you, but he's going to put something inside you to live for. See, that's the issue. The issue is not you're worse than anybody else in this world. The issue is simply maybe the revelation of what it means to, to truly live has not come upon you yet. But when, when the Apostle Paul was going to murder the Christians, when God gave him a vision of what his life could be, all of a sudden his life was turned around. I want you to get a vision of what it means to live life with the we get to. You get to get up in the morning. You get to serve. You get to live. You get to, you get to serve a higher purpose in this world, and that's to live your life for the kingdom of God. And all over this room, there's people here today that will say, Pastor, I've tried to make my flesh happy. I've tried to do things my own way. I've tried to find my joy through every possible thing, but the more I look for in this world, the more it seems to get away from me. But today, I want to surrender to the one who came to serve me. What is salvation? What is giving your life to Christ? It's simply just surrendering yourself to the one who came to serve you. 
Jesus came to serve you, and you say, Jesus, thank you, and I have gratitude. I live for you. I love you. And then what happens is he doesn't take away your burden when you come to Jesus. He gives you a new one, but that's okay. You see, your burden has been heavy because our burden, we're accumulating pain, heartache, rejection, fears. And if you visualize me carrying up like a bag here, all I'm doing is adding to the burden because I spend my whole life accumulating but the Bible says that Jesus, when you give your life to Christ, he gives you a burden. But don't worry, it's light. You know why? Because you're serving out of your burden. You are loving out of your burden. You are emptying out of the burden continually because God is redeeming your pain. He's redeeming your heartache. You're not wasting your pain. You're serving out of your pain. So God today doesn't want you to get rid of your burden. He wants to give you a new one, but it's a light burden. It's an easy burden. It's one that's of serving. You're here today. God wants to give you a brand new mission. When I say three, I believe the hands are going to go up all over this room. You'll say today, I want to give my life to Jesus. I have sought joy in my own way, but today I'm going to empty myself, and I want to find my great cause. Today I surrender to the servant. God, make me a servant to this generation. But first of all, I have got to surrender to the one who came to serve me, Jesus. One, all over this building. I believe the hands are going to go up when I say three, two, all over this room. The Holy Spirit is moving. You get to be saved because of what Jesus did for you. You get to live in heaven because of what Jesus did for you. You get to call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Instead of seeing all the things that you wish you would have done or you haven't done, say, thank you, Jesus, that I get to inherit salvation, eternal life. I get to serve you. And today, I surrender my life to you. Are you ready? All over this room. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I believe hands are going to go up all over this room. Right now, three. Just lift them up. All over this building. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everywhere. Hands are going up all over this building. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just keep raising them all over this room. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give it all to you. I surrender. I surrender. Hands are going up everywhere. I want everyone that's raising your hands, and you that didn't, but you need this prayer. I want everyone with one loud voice to repeat these words after me. Are you ready? Everyone together, loud and strong, repeat these words. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross that I might be saved. I get to know you because of what you did for me. I repent of doing it my own way, but I serve you, Jesus, with all my heart. I get to because of what you've done for me in Jesus' name.